Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Blitz and Bows of the semester. I know this is coming to you later than classes have started, but I'm sorry, my life got in the way. So, um, my guest today, this is Gretchen. Um, she is a third-year communications and Spanish major. She's on Blocko Lacrosse and Blocko Football Committee, and her and I have been friends for a long time. Yeah, I met Savannah actually at the Ohio State versus Penn State football game last year. We got on the bus, and there was like the three-seater row in the back, and we didn't really know anyone else. We are like, all right, let's sit together, and then went through the traumas of that game together. Um, luckily, mm-hmm. it ended up okay, but mm-hmm. since then, we've kind of been sports buddies, and I know that whenever I go to a sporting event, Savannah's probably there and probably going crazy just like I am, so it's a good time. Yes, we, we have a fun friendship. We do. <laughs> um, all right. So, obviously, we're going to have to start it off with kind of a um, morbid topic, which is everywhere right now, which is the passing of um, Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gia, in a helicopter crash, as well as six other victims, including almost an entire family, um, and then the pilot as well. Um, this was a really tragic story, um, for basketball and just for sports, sports in general. Um, I'm not a super huge NBA fan, but I know the impact that Kobe Bryant had on the sport. And obviously it's just, it was a really tragic day yesterday. Yeah, I agree. And definitely like you look at Twitter right now and you see every, every single tweet practically is about it and about how he changed the game and working hard as an athlete in general. And so I think it really shows that the impact that an athlete can have not only on the sports world, but even people who are just looking for like inspiration outside of that. Exactly. And obviously he did great things um, for basketball, like I mentioned. And it, it really felt like one of those moments where like, where were you when this happened? Like it just kind of felt like the world stopped for a second when everyone found out about it. And it's going to be one of those moments in sports that we're going to remember for a while. It really is. We're not going to remember a specific NBA game from this season, but we're going to remember this was the season that Kobe Bryant passed away. Yeah, definitely. So um, prayers and condolences go out to his family and his friends and everyone who knew him and everyone who was impacted by him, whether you knew him or not. You were just a basketball or Lakers fan or even just a fan of him. Um, Condolences go out to you. We are both feeling it as well and on a happier note um well somewhat happier um college football oh, yes. <laughs> LSU um wins the national championship beating Clemson I, I I was I was thrilled by this result I really was because after the Ohio State Clemson game I kind of swore off college football for about three days <laughs> um so we're really happy um, for Joe Burrow, obviously winning the Heisman and then wins, you know, the national championship. And I, I think Joe means a lot to Ohio State. I really think he does. Yeah. So something, if you don't mind me going off on a little tangent here, no, go, I'm actually go. kind of passionate about something involving Joe Burrow. So um, during his Heisman speech, he talked about people in Athens County and how poor that area is. And my mom actually grew up in the county right next to Athens County, Mm -hmm. which is honestly in a very similar situation economically. Mm -hmm. And so in that speech, he talked about the people of Athens County and Appalachia, and then um, money flooded in to the food bank in Mm -hmm. Athens County. Mm -hmm. But I think that we should also consider this as um, thinking about people in like rural Appalachia and all of Ohio, all of the Appalachian area as well, not just... Athens County mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that like this is a great platform but I think we also need to think further and think further about these people um, even at Ohio State like I said my mom 
um, grew up in the county next to Athens, and she went to Ohio State about 40 years ago, and she barely made it here because people people from that area, people don't think of them as going to college, and even mm-hmm. now at OSU, there are um, the county that my mom is from, I think it's less than 15 people in all of Ohio State are from this county, and I think that's the third lowest out of all 80-some counties in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what Joe Burrow did there is amazing, but also let's look at the areas around that as well. Right, exactly. And I I completely agree with you. Um, Joe has definitely been, I think, part of a a big part of Ohio State's pride Mm -hmm. this season, just to see him be so successful because he was he was a great addition to the team here and it just didn't work out. You know, there's no hard feelings at all from Ohio State fans. We all love Joe. We really do. Um, but I think after the Ohio State Clemson game, it was it was refreshing to see the better team win, and I think LSU was the better team that night. Yeah, definitely. I was I was rooting for LSU. I had the chance to go to LSU this summer for mm-hmm. a conference, and I bought a Go Tigers, of course spelled G E A U X Tigers mm-hmm. shirt, thinking like, oh, I'll just wear this whenever. But I had that on the night of the national championship. It's like, I'm glad I bought this shirt. I'm mm-hmm. getting my use out of it. Mm-hmm. So I was I was definitely cheering for the Tigers that night. The LSU Tigers. Yes, not, not <laughs> Clemson. We don't root for Clemson here. But, um, you know, obviously, obviously the Ohio State game kind of ended on a bad note, that incomplete pass um, from Justin Fields to Chris Olave that, um, excuse me, ended in an interception, not an incomplete pass. But that, that really left kind of a bitter taste, I think, in everyone's mouth. And I think I'm, I'm really excited to see what this football team brings next season. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it was kind of like the ending. It was a really sad way to end the game. But mm-hmm. You have to think about everything else that led up to that play. Mm-hmm. Um, I know growing up playing sports, my mom would always say it's not one play that makes or loses the game. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that one's the last thing that you see. So that's the one that's going to stick in your mind. But mm-hmm. what was the play in the first quarter that we could have gotten a few extra yards on? What was the play in the third where we could have gotten a stop and we didn't? Mm-hmm. So kind of looking at the whole game in general, but I'm definitely excited for next year and hoping to get that little bit of bad taste out of our mouths. Yeah, for sure. And Ohio State has a lot of people coming back. Obviously, the big names, Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins, they have declared for the draft, and no one was surprised by this. We all knew that that was probably going to be their last game um, as Buckeyes. But Ohio State is returning actually a lot of people, specifically the offensive line. I think we're only losing one person. From the entire O-line, um, Chris Olave is coming back, which is fantastic mm-hmm. for us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really think that this that Ryan Day has done a great job with this team. I think that he I, – I, I really think that he's done a great job with this program. And it'll be interesting to see, hopefully, that we don't have a sophomore slump next year um and then can kind of go from there but Ohio State opens the season at home against Bowling Green we all know how that's gonna go that's where I'm from (laughs) (laughs) and then the next weekend they travel to Oregon which is becoming one of already one of the most hyped up games of um college football considering it's a week two matchup Ohio State's gonna go on the road Oregon's a tough environment the teams have not played since the 2014 national championship when obviously Ohio State won Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a really great game to start the season off with. Yeah, I'm 
very excited for that game. I know I like to look at the um, schedules and see who our non-conference opponents are. Mm-hmm. And my freshman year, I remember we started off with Oklahoma, and obviously that did not go how I wanted it to go. Yeah. Um, but then this year, or like this past season, I was looking at our non-conference opponents, and not super exciting. But now this year to see Oregon on this lineup, that's mm-hmm. really exciting to see a strong mm-hmm. non-conference opponent, which then will also help us um, going into the playoffs. It definitely will for sure. Um, and, of course, um, our other non-conference opponents, like I mentioned, Bowling Green and then Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's not a terrible team, but they're going to come into the shoe. And then, you know, we can kind of go from there. Um, <laughs> but Ohio State's schedule next year, it looks a little rough at times, I'm not going to lie. Um, on the road, back-to-back weeks at Michigan State and then at Penn State. Um, Michigan State doesn't make me nervous, but Penn State always does make you nervous. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Penn State game for the past several years, every year, it's been crazy. Even this past year, it seemed like we had it in the bag early on, but then they started catching back up. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not a Penn State game unless they don't drive you crazy. Right. For sure. And that's always one of the best games of the entire college football um, season. The rest of Ohio State's schedule got a couple tough opponents um, at home against Iowa. Iowa's really good team. They finished off the season really strong. And then, um, obviously, the home game against Michigan will be interesting as well. Um, obviously, Justin Fields coming back. We're thrilled about this. Master Teague coming back. I'm really excited to see what Steel Chambers does. He was the third string running back this year under Master Teague. Um he was a um, third-team All-American as a third-string running back, so I'm super excited to see how he comes out, comes forward. All right, I'm not going to talk about the Ohio State-Clemson game because okay. it's just going <laughs> to annoy me, and it's just going to frustrate me, and I know that it's going to happen, so we're going to ignore it, and we're going to walk away. All right, that's fine. All right. <laughs> um, so Gretchen is a Packers fan. Yes, go Pack. <laughs> All right, tell me about the Packers this season. So, um, sadly, they lost last weekend. I think everyone probably watched that game. Mm -hmm. Um, My only solace in knowing that we lost is that Nick Bosa is going to the um, Super Bowl. Yes. Big Bosa fan, so Mm -hmm. I can wear my Bosa jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think my main qualm with the season was that all season everyone was like, the Packers are not good, they are trash, they're Mm -hmm. getting lucky. Then how did they make it so far? How did they outlast 28 of the teams in the NFL if they were so terrible. Right. And even in that last game, people were like, oh, the Packers are looking awful. I mean, we were shut out mm-hmm. pretty bad in the beginning. But then we came back. I think we ended up with 20. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly. But we made a comeback there, and sometimes that's what you like to see, some resilience in the team. Um, and I I think that we still could have pulled it off even going into the fourth quarter, but things didn't quite go our way. So I'm happy with how they did this year. Um, my first two years here at OSU – I wear, like, my Packers hat when it's cold outside. My mm-hmm. first couple years here, I'd be walking around almost embarrassed with my Packers hat on. But <laughs> this year, I was like, I can wear this and actually be, like, happy with how I'm doing with this. Proud of today. that, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know. I'm happy for the Packers. Um, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm also a big Aaron Rodgers fan. And um, I don't really have a second favorite NFL team, but I really do like the fact that the Packers are publicly owned and that you can buy stock in the Green Bay Packers. I'm a big fan of that. Um, I think that's phenomenal, and I think all teams should do that. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Packers finished the season pretty well. You had a couple close games along the way um, against Chicago. That's pretty normal for you guys because Chicago's, you know. Yeah, you're, that's probably the 
Them and the Vikings are the rivals, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, like looking at your schedule, you, you guys, you guys did pretty well. I do have to say, Chargers beat you by fifteen, and we were, yeah, you know, I don't know, <laughs> five wins on the season. I just have to. That's my one condolence of this of the season is when the Chargers beat the Packers because I was like, oh my god, they have talent. Maybe something will happen, and then nothing happened. But. <laughs> Any given team can win on any given day. Yes. Especially, yes. especially with professionals. They're all professional athletes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're in some rec league with some people that are clearly way better than others. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's going to happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, obviously I brought up the Chargers. Um, really excited for next season. The Chargers have officially parted ways with Phillip Rivers, and I am not sad about this fact in any way, shape, or form. So, um, obviously, Phillip Rivers didn't have the best season. The only quarterback who threw more interceptions was Jameis Winston. I don't even want to talk about that statistic because it's depressing enough in itself. But um, the Chargers ended up losing um, their last... Geez, um, four of their last five, which is quite quite depressing, if I do say so myself. Um, they ended up Chargers ended up with looks like they beat the lot. Excuse me, they beat the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they beat the Dolphins, which the Patriots did not do. So I have that to hang my hat on. <laughs> um, Chargers also beat the Bears, um, beat the Packers, and then. Um, beat the Jags. There were a lot of close games for the Chargers this season. And really, if the close games had been flipped, they would have been in the playoffs easily. They would have had about 12 wins if the close games that had gone our way last year didn't go our way this year. But what are you going to do? So, um, I'm excited about next season for the Chargers, too. I am praying that they make a decent draft pick and do not draft um, a quarterback out of Utah State, which is who they were somewhat thinking about drafting, um, who has 20 touchdowns and 17 interceptions, and I see a few red flags there. (laughs) Slight red flag. But, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. They'll get a new quarterback, kind of go from there, maybe compete in the division because, for the love of God, I don't want Kansas City to ever do well in anything, but that's another story. So, um, the Chargers actually lost Kansas City to close out the regular season. 31-21, to it gave KC the first round bye and the home field advantage, which has led to them being in the Super Bowl, which I have mixed emotions about. Who is your pick to win? Um, I will be cheering for the 49ers. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me as well, because... Yeah, I, I, I can't with the Chiefs. I, I'm sorry. I just, I can't. Um, they're in my division, but everyone says cheer for your division or cheer for your conference if it's college. I can't do it, okay? I cannot do it. Plus, Nick Bosa's on the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And they beat my Packers, so. That too. <laughs> so we're going to go with the 49ers. Yeah, 49ers. <laughs> Strictly for the reason that um, I don't like Kansas City and Nick Bosa. <laughs> but, um there's been lots of interesting things that have happened in the NFL offseason for sure. Um, I mean, excuse me, not the offseason, but the postseason, most memorably, Marshawn, Lynch, Marshawn Lynch's speech after the Seahawks game about protecting your chicken. <laughs> um, what a time, honestly. What a time. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. I never actually watched it. I just saw quotes and memes about it, so I don't know the full context of it, but it seems like a very Marshawn thing to say. So <laughs> it's quite a treat. I would recommend watching it at, at some point, whether 
if you need a laugh or just you're curious, I would highly recommend. Okay, I guess I'll have to get on Yep. That. Um, it is definitely a very Marshawn Lynch thing to say. So, um, let's see. With the Super Bowl coming up, obviously, we're going to kind of get into the doldrums of sports, right? We're just going to have NBA, which is not super popular here because the Cavs are terrible. Um, <laughs> and it's just... It's just really not popular here. I think um, Ohio State men's basketball is a lot more popular of a sport than NBA here. And we're going to talk about that for a second because they have fallen off the wagon and they've fallen off hard. And it's really depressing. (laughs) Um, It really is. Yeah, I was really excited for the season. I'm not going to say that I'm not anymore, but I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. We've got um, at the time we had, I think, basketball and football were both in the top, like, three at the Mm -hmm. same time Mm -hmm. and now we see how football ended and but that's over and done Mm -hmm. and now basketball I think we've fallen to the bottom of the big 10 is that true yes not really sure yes it it is so like they started out super strong right they absolutely destroyed Villanova at home in November they've had other good wins as well right they beat North Carolina on the road who was ranked seventh at the time Um, destroyed Penn State and then lost to Minnesota in Minnesota, which I feel like is kind of where it started to fall off. Um, then they beat Kentucky, lost to West Virginia, lost at home to Wisconsin, lost on the road to Maryland, <laughs> lost on the road to Indiana, beat Nebraska, lost on the road to Penn State, lost at home to Minnesota, and beat Northwestern. So we're out of the top 25. And I, I'm not sure what has plagued this team. I'm not quite sure either, and I am looking at the standings here now, and I guess the good news is that we're above Michigan by one um, in the Big Ten standings. Um, but, yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure. I do watch basketball, but I don't follow it as closely as I do football. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we started out really strong, and then same thing kind of happened last year. It wasn't as drastic, mm-hmm. but start out really strong, and then we hit the Big Ten, and – where it matters and something happens. I don't know what, mm-hmm. but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not going super well. Um, I was at the Ohio state Minnesota game on Thursday night and uh, Minnesota hit a soul crushing three to take the lead with three and a half seconds left. It was really sad because I thought they, they played okay. I don't want to say they played well, but they played okay. Um, and obviously Minnesota is going to put up a fight. And then um, they were up by 10. Ohio State was up by 10 at halftime, and then the wheels kind of fell off again. And that seems to be a pretty common trend, is that the wheels fall off in the middle of games. And you can't really do that, as we know from Purdue and Iowa in football. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I did not see that game. Um, I wish I had, but didn't Mm -hmm. see that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we'll see, kind of hopefully hopefully they can go ahead and recover from here. But it's going to be a hard road ahead. It really is because, I mean, they have 11 regular season games left. The only, They play multiple top 25 teams, including Rutgers. And I can't believe the fact that Rutgers is ranked in basketball is coming out of my mouth right now, but it is. <laughs> be crazier if they were ranked in football. But, um, yeah, they've got a tough road ahead. They play at Michigan February 4th and then um, – three top 25 teams in about two weeks which is definitely tough and then March they end the season at Michigan State which is always a tough place to play they're the top of the Big Ten right now yeah (laughs) and then 
we'll see if they make the tournament. I'm really not sure. If they keep playing like this, I don't think they make it. Well, if we do make it in the tournament, which fingers crossed that we do, the good thing about that is it is March Madness mm-hmm. for a reason mm-hmm. in that anything can happen. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not c- too concerned. I think my main thing right now is get in the tournament and then whatever happens, happens from there. Um, right. We have seen us beat some of these top teams earlier on mm-hmm. in the season. Like she said, Villanova, I was at that game actually. Mm-hmm. And awesome game, awesome experience, probably my favorite basketball game I've been to. And so I think that assuming we make it in, I think we might see some of those Buckeyes from the early parts of the season again. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be absolutely great. And then hopefully um, they can go ahead and kind of regroup from there. But um, we're a hockey school. So um, <laughs> Ohio State men's hockey actually killing it right now. So pretty consistently um, good the Ohio State men's hockey program is they've really come on in the past five years um, as they have started to really develop obviously better better players better recruits that type of thing but they are doing very very well right now so um, they are currently number six they did lose to Minnesota they got swept by Minnesota over the weekend in Minnesota which something about us in losing to Minnesota lately yeah. is it's a common theme. <laughs> but um, they look to recover this weekend. Um, there's games at Michigan Friday and Saturday night. Some of um, Blocko Hockey will be there. I will not be attending, but they will be there. And you've been to a lot of hockey games, as have I here. And even though they're a young team, they look really crisp at this point in the season. Yeah, um, so I don't know a lot, like, technically about hockey, mm-hmm. um, but I do enjoy watching it, and I know that last weekend, what was it, with Notre Dame mm-hmm. um, losing and the shootout at the end, that, oh, was that, sad. Was, that was crazy. I've never experienced a shootout before in hockey, mm-hmm. so that was really exciting, and it went back and forth a lot. It wasn't just a one-and-done shootout there, so mm-hmm. that was really exciting. Um, I am looking forward to going to more hockey games because the atmosphere is great. It's kind of like getting as close to football or basketball as you can, but Mm -hmm. it's free for students Mm -hmm. and you can get right up there really close to the action as well. Um, At that one Notre Dame game, I was up against the glass and that was really exciting to be down there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Their season's actually kind of coming to a close. Um, Last home game is February 29th. That's a Saturday. They play Wisconsin and then we start the Big Ten tournament and then we start the NCAAs and then if they make it to the Frozen Four, that's in April in Detroit. But um, Tommy Napiers, the starting goalie, was out for a little bit. He got injured at Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago. Even without him, they... Obviously, there's some inexperience in goalie, but they've still been able to play pretty well, I think. Yeah, I didn't realize that, that we were out of our um, starting goal. You said that was Wisconsin? Yes. Okay, so that would have been before the Notre Dame game mm-hmm. that went down to the shootout that went back and forth several times. So mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that. I did not know that we were out of starting goalie at mm-hmm. that point. Um, I thought the goalie looked pretty good, but again, I'm not super technical with hockey. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did look good. He's a... Um, true freshman I believe and I mean he looked he he did look very good and I think that if Ohio State can continue to develop these these excellent goalies then the the goal scoring will come right you got to focus on your defense first because defense wins championships but um I think I think 
this program has definitely a lot to look forward to um, in the coming years. And I think definitely they make the tournament. Um, not Obviously, they're going to make it to the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, they make the NCAAs if they have enough to make it to the Final Four. I'm not sure yet because there are a lot of great collegiate hockey teams out there. Um, not really a ton around us because um, collegiate hockey is obviously more of like a Northeastern and East Coast yeah. thing. Unless you're Arizona State and you have a men's collegiate hockey team, which <laughs> go you, Arizona State. But, um, yeah, and women's hockey is doing very well, too. Um, Gretchen comes to those games as well. Yeah, big fan of women's hockey. Yes. Great atmosphere there. I was saying you could get close to the action at men's hockey, even closer to the action at women's hockey. Um, more of a intimate atmosphere there, mm-hmm. smaller arena. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get right up there by the players, so... I'm a big fan of women's hockey also. Um, we swept Knipiak, I think mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing that correctly, this past weekend. And then we have Bemidji State. Bemidji State, Bemidji yes. State. I didn't know that that was a school, um, but it is um, in Minnesota. And hockey's like their thing, which is kind of what I associate with all of Minnesota to begin with. But that could that's obviously not correct, but that's just what my mind imagines it to be. Um yeah, the women's team, fantastic so far this year. Um, they obviously have games coming up this weekend, like Gretchen mentioned. Their season is also done right around the same time as men's. They have one more home series after Bemidji State. They play St. Cloud State, which is big um, conference game. So women's hockey here, um, they're in the WCHA, which is seven teams, and only one of them, I believe, is in the Big Ten, which is kind of an interesting contrast to how most Big Ten play works. Um, so we'll really see, but I think I think women's hockey, they've got great defense, great, great goalie, um, leading scorer in the Big Ten in Tatum Skaggs. Like, they've, they've got it, I think, to make it super far. Yeah, I would agree. Um from what I've seen of them, I just got into it a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, I can't miss a women's hockey game for anything. Mm-hmm. I got um, done with something the other day um, sooner than I expected to, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get over to the women's hockey game. Mm-hmm. Showed up um, as the second period was starting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a great time. It really is, and they're doing super well, and it's um, more Ohio State sports are definitely coming kind of into season now, so gymnastics is in season now. Um, which I went to my first gymnastics meet over the weekend. It's very fun. It's a lot to take in, but it's very fun. Mm-hmm. Would definitely recommend it. Um, baseball starts soon, so does softball. And then lacrosse. Gretchen, talked to me about lacrosse. So like Savannah said in the intro, I am on the lacrosse committee for Blocko. So I have to go to all the, or not have to, but I get to go to all the lacrosse games here on campus. Um, and this year we're expanding our section to both men's and women's lacrosse, which is something we haven't had in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see how that works out, um, supporting both teams there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of good home games this year too. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I know we have Hopkins at home, which we haven't had them at home for a few years. Who They are in the Big Ten for lacrosse. Um, not for anything else, I don't think, but they are for lacrosse. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a big matchup. Um, in April, same thing with we have Michigan at home at the end of April. So that'll be a big game as well, just for the fact of it being the rivalry. Mm-hmm. I know that last year um, Michigan was kind of slated at the bottom of the Big Ten, and but then we ended up losing to them Oof. and didn't get into the tournament because of that. Mm-hmm. So 
never discount the rivalry there on that one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if we have an event actually this week with Blocko where we're kind of hanging out with the team and getting to know them, getting to know lacrosse to get people more interested mm-hmm. in the sport and having them come out and watch with us. Mm-hmm. I personally don't know a ton about lacrosse, but I am trying to learn more about it. Um, what What sport do you think it's the most comparable to? Um, so a lot of times people say hockey, mm-hmm. um, which I guess potentially in terms of like the movement on the field, I've also heard soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have like the offense and defense that are supposed to stay on their specific sides um, called attack and defense actually. Mm-hmm. And then you have the middies or midfielders kind of comparable to soccer. Mm-hmm. So I would say maybe soccer more than hockey, but it does have the aggression of mm-hmm. hockey. Um, something that soccer might lack. Like, there's very specific ways in how you can hit people in lacrosse, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times people, like, at their first lacrosse game will be like, oh, my gosh, that's allowed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly um, what is allowed and not. I know it depends on hand positioning on the stick, and, like, you can't hit people in the head. That's pretty um, simple. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'd say physicality of hockey and maybe positions and gameplay of soccer try that interesting <laughs> interesting yeah so um our lacrosse team here is actually pretty good um they were good last season yes ish <laughs> they kind of did they kind of pulled a basketball there on us they started out really really strong and they kind of dropped off mm-hmm. going into the big 10 where it mattered um we didn't make it into the big 10 tournament which mm-hmm. i believe there are six big 10 teams and they let four into the tournament, mm-hmm. and we were two of the six that did not get in. That's sad. <laughs> that's I'm I'm sad for us for last season lacrosse, but that's okay because um, new season for lacrosse. Super excited about it. It's going to be. It's definitely going to be a good time. So outside of Ohio State sports, um, we still have NHL hockey. We obviously touched on men's and women's here. Gretchen knows what a big Blue Jackets fan I am. Um, But obviously, um, we're in the middle of the All-Star break right now. Um, I think, excuse me, I believe that the first games start back up tonight um, between Nashville and Toronto's on at 8 p.m. Nashville really in a slump this season. They're 22-18-7. Not where they expected to be, especially when they traded uh, P.K. Subban to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Matt Duchesne, who signed a free agency from the Columbus Blue Jackets after the playoffs, which I still have very mixed feelings on. But that is okay. So, the Blue Jackets. (laughs) I will be honest, don't know a lot about them. Mm -hmm. I had a friend take me to one game last year, and she's asked me to go to some more, but I'm always... Always busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't know a ton about the Blue Jackets. That's I okay. I apologize on that one. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they've been doing significantly better lately. So um, Jonas Corposalo tore his ACL last month, like two days before he was selected to go to the All-Star game, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. But um, the representatives for the Jackets in the All-Star game were Seth Jones and Jonas Corposalo. And then here comes Elvis Merlinkins, whose name I always say wrong, and I just call him Elvis because it's a fantastic name. But he comes up from the Cleveland Monsters. He's 25, never had a win in the NHL or at Nationwide before he comes up. And he's he's been doing pretty, pretty well for himself lately. Um, 
He's been given um, different NHL honors, whether that's player of the week or third star, something along those lines, that type of honor given to him because he's he's really played very, very well um, since Corpusalo got hurt. The Jackets have um, been able to beat some really good opponents. Specifically, um, they've beaten Washington two out of the past three times which is phenomenal because the Caps are currently leading the division. Um, They've had some other times where it hasn't exactly gone their way, Um, you know, losing on the road to Washington in overtime. Obviously, that brings back haunted memories of the playoffs a couple years ago, um, which I won't get into. But they have been playing significantly better, and they've definitely worked their way up into um, the standings for sure. At the beginning of the season, everyone thought, oh, this team lost so many free agents. They traded away, you know, um, good prospects. They're not going to do anything. They're going to be at the bottom right next to the New Jersey Devils. And I apologize, New Jersey. But, mm-hmm. um, but no, they've actually been ve- doing very well. They've climbed their way back into the first wild card spot for the Eastern Conference. They're 27-16-8. and eight. So they've done fairly well for themselves um they have a great home record 16 9 and 2 um and carolina and philadelphia are not far behind the metro race is always very very tight so we'll kind of see where they go moving forward their first game of this uh excuse me back from the all-star break is not until saturday february 1st so they really have an extended break which is unusual um but on that saturday they are in buffalo uh they play at 1 p.m and i'm really hoping that they can keep this up because playoff hockey is super fun when it's here (laughs) yeah and it we did play it here last year and got a big win that mm-hmm. we weren't expecting, right? It yeah, was over Tampa. swept Tampa Bay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the one game that I have been to actually was when we played Tampa earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we lost, like, I don't know, 5-1, we left before yeah. the game was even over. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't even get to see our goal mm-hmm. because we were so far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I heard that we had swept them in the playoffs, I was like, wait, is that the team that I saw them play? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't really follow NHL, so I – was a, a bit oblivious to it but mm-hmm. my friend's like yep yeah, nope that's who we tragically lost to earlier in the season that's that's like, who that is yeah oh, okay cool <laughs> yeah yeah so obviously you know that came as such a shock and really hoping that this team can keep up the momentum um and on top of that I would really like to point out um the fact that that everyone predicted that the Rangers, the New York Rangers, would do better than the Blue Jackets because Artemi Panarin is there, and um, they're 21-23-4. So they have a much worse record, and I would just like to acknowledge that um, for everyone as well. So um, other than that, the Vegas Golden Knights have kind of fallen off as well. St. Louis is leading the Central. No one is surprised by this. They just hosted the All-Star Game. Um, and they also hosted the Skills Showdown, which is always a really fun thing to watch. You know, watch NHL players um, do these, you know, crazy skills. Fastest skater, hardest shot. Things that would never happen in a game. But we can try, yeah. right? Right. So, obviously, NHL season's still in full swing. And pretty soon, we're going to get to preseason baseball. I know how Gretchen feels about baseball. <laughs> so, um, I know a lot about baseball in terms of, like, the actual um, – like technicalities behind baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up playing softball, so I know a lot about like the 
real gameplay of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, however, though, I don't really follow MLB super closely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a lot to say on the teams, but mm-hmm. like, give me some stats. Give me a player to watch. I can tell you a lot about um, how they're playing, what their swing looks like, what kind of pitch you want to throw. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's really my big thing is I was a catcher, too, and – a lot of coaches won't let the catchers call pitches because they don't trust them. But right. I was always allowed to call pitches because um, I know how to read a batter pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's what I'd say I can bring to baseball. <laughs> um, preseason baseball, it really doesn't mean much. It's like, hey, we're going to go out here, see what prospects do well. If you don't do well, you're going back down to the minors. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it is. Um, Ohio State baseball starts soon, though, which we love to see. Um, but yeah, in terms of local teams, um, Cincinnati Reds have been making some big moves. They've signed a couple big, um, free eight or excuse me. Um, yeah, free agents. And the reason that I know this is because I will be working for them in the summer. So it now is my job to know everything about the Reds. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I did know a pretty decent chunk about them to begin with, but now I have to know even more about them which is fun. But the Reds play in um, the Cactus League, so their spring training is in Arizona. And, I mean, in terms of spring training, you don't really have much to say because, I mean, does it really matter? It doesn't really matter until you get to the regular season and and even from there. But the big story in baseball right now is the Houston Astros, which is quite, quite the time with their sign-stealing um, in the World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh. And... Yeah. Yeah, this is a new level of disaster for the MLB. So, again, sorry, I do not know this. <laughs> um, might have seen this on Twitter. You're probably listening thinking, oh, my gosh, she knows nothing. Um, <laughs> so, sign stealing, can you expand on this? I yeah. probably know what you're talking about. Yeah, so, basically, um, the Astros, I, I'm not sure if this has been, if this was just the World Series or if this was, you know, in um, – the playoffs leading up to the World Series, but basically what they did was they used trash cans, um, which is interesting enough in itself to effectively um, kind of like steal the pitches and steal the game plans of the Dodgers from the outfield, which is a logistical nightmare in itself. Um, both the um, the Astros manager and the Red Sox manager, as well as the Mets managers, were all fired for their involvement um, in the sign-stealing ste- scandal. Um, however, they decided that they weren't going to take Houston's World Series, which I think is wrong in itself because it just kind of encourages that type of behavior, um, like no punishment for it. And there was a really interesting video that came out of Jose Altuve. Um, I believe I'm saying his name correctly. I apologize if I'm not. But after hitting a home run in the World Series, um, he looks as though he's wearing like a beeper type of thing under his jersey. Okay, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, where, um, you know, he's running the bases and when his teammates come to hug him, like he doesn't want to be touched because it will go off, it will expose it, and just the way he's running just looks awkward. Right. So that's the biggest problem in Major League Baseball right now. And I'm really curious to see how the league responds kind of moving forward. So um, based on what I'm seeing here online, um, this was they use technology mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. OK, so I do definitely see a problem with that. It says using cameras and you said the beeper there. Mm-hmm. I'm using the technology to do this. What are your thoughts on if they were just genuinely just watching them with their own eyes 
decoding it pen and paper? What What are your thoughts on that? Um, I kind of have mixed feelings, quite honestly, because obviously baseball managers and assistant coaches, they watch each other from dugouts, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you kind of can figure that. Um, decoding it pen and paper, I think that probably happened before technology, and there was never any evidence that was brought forward about it. Um, I don't agree with it. But from a journalistic standpoint, I understand the importance of it, mm-hmm. um, which is which is kind of an interesting um, kind of dialogue about it. And I think I think moving forward, um, the league needs to put harsher restrictions on this type of thing. So obviously, if they are stealing from pen and paper, I think that the league should be able to stop that. I don't know how they're going to know, though. That's the thing. Right. Is, I mean, it's one thing to find technology on someone, find a camera, but mm-hmm. to say, oh, you figured this out in your mind, and I know because I read your mind. I think it's mm-hmm. really hard to stop that. Right. And so, personally, I think that that form should be allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of on the responsibility of the team giving the signs to make sure that they are um, encrypted or secretive enough. Like, I know with catchers, for example, you have to make sure that you're hand is in the right position so that the other team isn't seeing it. And mm-hmm. I know like when I would be playing softball, you would have, um, if you had a runner from your team on second base, mm-hmm. they would watch the catcher, watch their signs, watch what they'd set up and try and signal to you as the batter mm-hmm. where they thought the pitch was going to go based on what the other team was signaling. Mm-hmm. And so even in high school, um, we were doing this, stealing signs in that way, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out, they don't do this as much in baseball as they do in softball, but um, bunts versus slaps versus fake um, pullback hits on mm-hmm. those sorts of things. And honestly, this is something that I would do um, if I wasn't catching. I was at first base, and I would watch the third base coach like a hawk trying to figure out what their bunt sign was to know mm-hmm. if I needed to be pulling in. And honestly, I was pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. I I would catch some of them sometimes as pop-ups because they didn't get them down, and I was creeping up so far because I knew it was going to be a bunt. Mm-hmm. So... In my opinion, if you can outsmart the other team in stealing their signs, pen and paper, I think that that should be allowed. Cameras, beepers, microphones, no. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're just going to watch them with your own eyes and decode, I personally think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's different in professionals. Um, like I said, I don't really watch a lot of pro baseball, so I might have a different viewpoint there. Mm-hmm. And also it's different there, too, because all of the games are video recorded. So mm-hmm. theoretically, you could drive yourself crazy watching replays of games, trying to decode things. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I know at least on the amateur level, this was something that happened all the time and was pretty much okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting point too, because, you know, you bring it up from the amateur level and I'm sure it happens in major leagues and even in, you know, single A, triple A, double A baseball, I'm sure it happens. Um, but as someone who has never played baseball or softball, I completely understand like where you are coming from is seeing it from a player's perspective. And I think if you can, like you said, outsmart them, I think that's an important part of baseball is just to take into consideration what's going on, see if you can kind of uncode it. When I worked for the Columbus Clippers, I could occasionally uncode bits and pieces of their opponents' um, signs because I worked in dugouts, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I've never played, but I was a- I was able to you know pick up on it bits and pieces so we'll we'll kind of see where this whole Astros thing goes. 
um, you know, once we get into spring ball. And then once we get into the regular season, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens um, for sure. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, thank you very much to Gretchen for coming on and being my guest. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Um, I hope I did okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you did fantastic trust me but um so other than that um thank you guys for listening um we should be back next week and we'll be here for the rest of the semester to talk about nhl ncaa once we get to march madness i'll bring gretchen back on because we'll talk a lot about march madness because it's one of the best times of the year but um thanks to everyone so much for listening and go bucks